Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Poppers podcast. Let me just preface this episode by saying how fucking hungover I am right now. I'm in a very, very dark place. I'm really, really struggling to keep it together right now. A very interesting um, interview lined up for, for for my main mind popper of this episode. Um, it's a re- it's, it's, it is the moment. Okay, it is the moment in culture, in pop culture, in pop music. And it's the first time this person has ever shared their story publicly. Okay, so get into that, get into that. But a little foreplay before we get to that. Um, like, I'm in a very, very bad place right now. Um, I've my eyes closed as I speak into the microphone because I'm just not doing light today. I'm not doing natural light. I'm just not doing it. Um, and I don't know what it is about hangovers, right? Because there's always two things that like come hand in hand for me with hangovers. And that's one. It, when I'm hungover, so the morning after a mad one, and let me tell you, last night it was a mad one. It was a mad one, do you know? I'm super horny when, hung, when I'm hungover. Super, super fucking horny. And then deeply depressed, being too. Deeply depressed. Um, I think that's beautiful because Lana Del Rey actually has a lyric in one of her songs. And Lana Del Rey is actually going to feature uh, quite a bit in this episode. Um, but she has a beautiful lyric. How does it go? It's like, I'm crying while I'm coming. Literally, literally me. Um, I'm just, I just, I don't know what it is. And I thought I'd be like, oh, well, it might be actually an interesting mind popper for this week's episode. If we can look into maybe the science about why are people so fucking horny, um, when hungover. And unfortunately, there ain't much science there. Ain't nobody is researching that. Ain't nobody's looking into it. I guess they're busy trying to cure cancer or whatever. Uh, while I understand that completely, I would appreciate some clarity into why I've been pitching a tent, you know, f- for the last seven hours that I've woken up, you know, that I've been awake pitching it. Honestly, it's like Murphy's fucking circus in here, you know. I'm waiting for a clown and like an elephant to climb out from under the duvet. But whatever super horny whatever and I, I I don't know what it is it's the kind of a thing like where because you're so vulnerable when you're hungover because when I wake up after a mad one um like for the first like six hours I'm lying in the bed and I'm just like doing breathing exercises it's kind of like a like a like a and that is just like solely like focusing all of my energy and the the fiber of my very being into the, to one point and that's to not vomit that's to not vomit that's to be able to lie there and not get sick on myself because I've done that before especially when I was younger like I used to get oh, I, I used to go to bed with a towel and I'd lie the towel down next to me so that if I vomited in the middle of the night I could just turn my head over get sick onto the towel and then ball the towel up and just put it onto the floor and keep going, you know? Or alternatively, I'd get sick onto the onto the sheet, onto my bed sheet, like, you know, because was, it wasn't in a state where I could get up and go to the bathroom. It was like literally, all right, turn your head to the left, kind of a thing. And then what I used to do was just lay a towel on top of that and then be like, you know, back, straight back to bed. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I don't know. Um, it's I'm just so is it kind of a thing where, where you're like stripped down to your most like basic needs where you like you wake up you're in that state you're like oh I, I need to be held I, I need water and I need sex I need sex um someone messaged me on Instagram said a story up about like how, how I was so hungover someone messaged me on Instagram and was like well actually I, I heard that um, you're so horny men are so horny when they're hungover it's because the body thinks that they're dying and they want to procreate as much as they can before they pass away. 
Oh, like that is some bullshit. That's, of course, some bullshit, all right? I was hungover, like my body did not think it was dying, you know? The only time my body ever thought it was dying it was like years ago I was in Kerry and I was like a little fat 14-year-old kid, like honestly, like 120 kg, which was fat for me and my height, you know? Not trying to read. Um, and like this little chihuahua, um, chihuahua terrier type thing chased me five kilometers back to the hotel and it was like it was a close race like it wasn't like the dog was miles behind me you know it was literally like nipping at my heels so I ran 5k straight at 120 kg you know not a fit person wasn't a sporty kid I ran all the way back to the hotel with that dog chasing me if if at any point my body thought it was dying it would have been then but there wasn't an erection in sight so I called bullshit on whoever submitted that to me but again I thank you for getting in contact your your time means a lot to us um but you know what I was just and the thing as well it's, it's like this kind of horny level it's like you know the way when you don't masturbate for like an entire week and you're just like you you're just so built up that that anything and everyone can get you off you know after like say a week of not masturbating like someone who used to like repulse you like repulse you in the past, like, who would literally, who you'd, like, like, think of when you're masturbating, like, they pop into your head, and you'd just lose the erection, or you'd lose the, I'm not, again, like, whenever we talk about erections and stuff, and I'm trying to be inclusive, and obviously talking to the ladies listening, I don't know what happens to the vagina, you know, does it close, okay, I presume that is it, so, you like, normally the person would, like, just kill your erection, or, like, cause the vagina to, to reclose, to seal, to seal, I suppose. Um like a little sandwich bag. Um but but that would when you have a masturbated for a week, it's like, oh my god, that person suddenly you're like, okay, you know, you rock my world. You know, suddenly those hairy knuckles are like, mm-hmm <laughs> I'm sick. And you know it's nasty. But you but you're still surprising yourself that okay, you can actually get off now from this from thinking of this person, you know? like jacket when I was like awake this morning doing the whole breathing thing like just focusing on, on not getting sick and, and, and not passing away like I, I opened one little eye you know like the crust around my eye eventually lifted and I was able to see from one eye and on my bedside there's been like a tub of Pringles that's just been there for weeks like for weeks I'm not even sure if there's anything in there anymore um and I was just there for like six hours staring at this Pringle can and the only thing, obviously, on the Pringle can was, you know, that that guy on the Pringle tin, you know, looking back at me, that, that little head guy, the little white guy. And I was so horny, I was like, all I could think was, oh my God, the Pringle man, imagine how good his moustache would feel against my arsehole, <laughs> you know? I know it's disgusting, but I was like, that was the level of depraved I was, the, 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 the amount of horny I was. I was like, oh my God, imagine, can you imagine? what that moustache would feel like against your boo hole, you know? Mm-mm, nasty, I know, but it's whatever about the hangovers, it, it does, it does things to me. And, and uh, even apart from the, the, the horniness is one thing, you know, at least that's a pleasant distraction from the just overwhelming feeling of, of death and decay. But it's the emotional vulnerability I feel, you know, when I'm hungover and I feel so emotionally, like, just empty right now and I just need to be held... Like, I just, what, what the perfect situation for me would be right now is, like, if I was just laid in a dark room, like, if Claire Balding picked me up and, like, carried me into a dark room and just laid me down, and if, like, the Ickals were there, and, like, one of them, like, say if, like, Lindsay was, like, rubbing her, like, long talon neon nails down my back, like, a, like, just down my back, and I'll purr, like, a little putty cat, and like all those nice feelings, those goosebumps, you know, let the world melt away. And then Jenny is like, would you like some Lucasay, baby? And like she gives it to me straight from the tit, like breastfeeding and not in a sexual way, but just like in a way that I need to be babied right now. That is, that is, was exactly what I need is what the doctor calls for. But I'm just so emotionally unstable right now with this hangover. I was literally like, I know... I, I know I shouldn't be talking about shit and shit talk, but, you know, nonetheless, we will persevere. 
But I was taking a shit, like, you know, the Gats shit. Is that what they're called? No, no they're called the Mags shit. A morning after Gat shit. A Mags. So I was, I was going for a Mags. Um... And I was just there taking a shit. And again, I was shitting with, with, with the light off because like I said, I'm just not doing, I'm not doing light right now. Um, I was just shitting. And there was just, sorry, I thought, oh, sorry, I thought, sorry, I nearly lost it there for a second. At any point in this podcast where it just goes to radio silence, then just click up. Excuse me. Any point of this podcast, it just goes to radio silence. Presume I've passed out. Just presume I've passed out and click off and go about the rest of your day. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I was just sitting there in the dark shitting. And all of a sudden, there was just like streams of like tears just rolling down my face. And I was just had this like overwhelming feeling of being at rock bottom. Because you know, it's like when you have that hangover head, you know, where you just feel like you're, there's so much pressure inside of your skull that at any second your skull could just blow open. That is how I'm feeling right now. And when I was going for my mags, you know, obviously you have to put the pressure on your body. I mean, this is just basic biology when you're when you're going for, pardon my French, but you're, when you're going for le dump, um, you obviously have to put pressure on the body to, to blow that shit out. Um, and you can feel that tension when you're pushing um, in your head, of course, like that, oh, that kind of feeling raises the blood pressure and stuff and I was like god I was like I'm sure I blacked out on the toilet for about 35 minutes because when I came out my food in the oven was black crisp so I think in trying to push that shit out I, I just blacked out for a, you know for a minute so I'm just very very disorientated today um very very disorientated today um god some things as well, I'm, obviously I'm very irritable, but some things that are like really bogging me right now, taking like just what I feel like are taking the piss is, you know, this whole thing, like I spoke about it on Instagram the other night, but it's the whole, you know, the, this whole thing of the maths riddles on Facebook. Everybody is posting maths riddles on Facebook. And I, th- I thought it was just going to be like a phase, you know, just like one of those little chain mail things. It was like, okay, let the people have their, have their little maths moment. And, you know, in two weeks' time, it will be forgotten about. Just be another thing in the past. But no, it has gone in weeks and weeks and people are still posting these fucking maths riddles. And I don't know what it is about this quarantine and this lockdown that is bringing out the mathematician in you cunts. I really don't know what it is. And like I said on Instagram the other night, I was like, uh, when I'm going onto Facebook and seeing you guys do it, I'm like, I sat behind a lot of you in school. And most days you didn't even turn up with a fucking pencil case. But right now you want to do the maths. Right now you want to do the maths. So it's just very confusing to me. And as well as like, it just, everyone feels so fucking important when they're doing it, you know? Like everyone is all of a sudden Bradley Walsh Quizmaster, you know? They're just smug as fucking shit when they're doing it, you know? Like someone will be like, oh, we'll comment on Janine and be like, oh, the answer's 11. And they're like, no, it's not, it's not 11. <laughs> read that question, read it again now, you. Do you know? And I'm like, my God, you couldn't count the fingers on your fucking hand. Yet you'll pontificate what is right and what's wrong in this mathematic equation. Um, like they're Carol Volderman, you know, in Countdown, when she when she does the maths on the whiteboard. And, I'm, and I see you, I see you, bitches. And I'm like, yeah, you are just not capable for this um and and the thing what really bugs me about these math things as well is they're just so like subjective it's like whatever the logical answer is it ain't that you know because you have to like count the bodies in the room or whatever and lo and behold there was a ghost in there or someone fell out a window or like what have you. you you're never getting the right answer the right answer is never the right answer for these quizzes Remember, because I remember I did one a couple of weeks ago and answered it on someone's page. And I knew the answer was 11. Like, I knew the answer was 11. I did higher level maths. And, you know, in saying that, I just passed it. I got like 42%. But still, you know, and I knew the answer was 11. I was like, it has to be. There, like, there is no other way. And then this bitch came back and was like, no, it's 42. 42. <laughs> Try again. I was like, you cut. You bastard. And it's since then, I've just really been put off with it because I'm just not, I'm not engaging with that energy. I'm not engaging with that energy. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm necking the Diet Coke. It's the only thing giving me a bit of fucking life at the moment. Oh, um, what I, what I will say as well, um, 
with 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 all the the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, with everything going on at the moment, one petty thing that I have enjoyed from it on Instagram is and like like I said, my God, it's so I'm like I'm I'm actually very happy, you know, to to see the Black Lives Matter movement happening and to to seeing everyone. Just this, this big spread and consumption of information. Like there's literally something new to learn every day. And a, a new black voice to hear. A new experience. And I, and I love that. But on, on a petty side for me. It's also been. Like that is obviously amazing. This 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 mass of information. Just coming out everywhere. And being able to be consumed. I love that. But the other thing that I'm really enjoying. For the. Now it's, it's over now. But you remember there was like that four day period. Where all the influencers were like. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. I take that. Oh. I'm like, no, okay, okay, I'm okay. No, okay, I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to continue. Um, There was like that four day period where all these like little influencers didn't really know how to handle the Black Lives Movement matter because, uh, God, you know that they're not people, they're not people who have the brain capacity for this, for the social movement and all that. You know, a lot of them were like, oh my God, like this happened? How did I only figure out racism right now? You know, that kind of shit. And you're like, God, you fucking idiots. But it was it was a blessing. Like, for there was a four-day period. It was like radio silence from them because they did not know what to post, you know? So it was just like four days of heaven being able to go onto Instagram and being able to consume, like, all, all these new black voices and, and, and black experiences and then not have to deal with all these fucking boo-hoo and ASOS halls. Like, they're done. They are done. The ASOS halls are done. Stop doing it. Are you that fucking unoriginal? We can all afford to go on to Boohoo and buy the £10 sweater that you're wearing. You know, we can all do that. Uh, We don't need you. We don't need to see you doing it. You know? Like, where is the drama? You know? Where's the interest in that? Because they never look good, do they? They look basic as fuck. You know? They look basic as fuck. Like, I want to see you unpacking three sweaters. I don't. I do not. Um, whatever, but it was, it was just, it was bliss. It was bliss because none of them knew how to handle it. And obviously none of them are socially aware. They're all very vapid and just don't have a clue what's going on. Nor did they have an interest, you know, to, to know what's going on until it becomes a trend. But but that four days of like radio silence from those people, God, it was it was just a well-deserved break that we all needed. But now they're back on their bullshit for sure. You know, rest assured, they are back. You know, the halls are back. Um, Again, one thing, what I wanted to say about Facebook was um, going back to um, the, those maths quiz things. I, I'm still aghast that people are actually still on Facebook. You know, like Facebook is over. Facebook, it, she had its moment uh, it's it's well gone. Facebook has had its day in the sun. Move on. Move on, you know. And look, I'm very grateful for what Facebook had given us, you know, and given us that, um, you know, that evolution for MySpace and Bebo, you know. And, and we appreciate that and we thank her for her kind service. But she's done. Like, the only people that are on Facebook now are the kind of the old ones, you know, that are still at least active on Facebook. I'm not saying you have to delete your account. But people that are still, like, actively posting on Facebook are the old ones and the kind of ones that, like, you click on. The only reason I go onto Facebook is for these people, is to go through and see all the people in my town. And, and obviously, you want to check out the ones, the kind of ones that are going to be like, oh, there's some fools in this town, I swear. And then we'll go and, and say all their business, you know, or they'll call somebody out. They're the, the the people that I follow, you know? It's like these people who never, like, evolved from the Bebo days. Like, they never evolved with, like, social media etiquette, you know? They're still, like, talking on social media like they did back in Bebo days. You know, they never evolved. So it's nice to see, you know, those train wrecks play out, you know? it's It's nice to see that. And I guess that's one thing that Facebook still offers, Anyway, moving on, we're done. On to the main, main event, okay? So, on Facebook, I was um, a member of a couple of, I think, of like Lana Del Rey fan groups, you know? So, I, I seen one post in a group one day, um, 
And it was from a guy who had recreated um, Lana Del Rey's Met Gala look. You know, that that kind of with the hearts and the whatever and the whatever. I, I'm just too drunk to even think of the name right now. But he recreated that look, um, the Met Gala look, you know, the, the, the look that Lana went with Jared Leto on her arm. And it was really cool. It was stunning. So I, I clicked into it and I was going through the comments, you know, seeing what people had to say or whatever. And I saw him mention something about how he had worked on a project for Lana Del Rey. And I was like, what? What is this? Um, so I, I, I sent him a message and I was like, oh, look, I was like, if you've worked with Lana Del Rey, I was like, maybe you want to hit me up on Instagram and it's something we could discuss for the pod, for the podcast. I actually run a, a small podcast um, and it's a story that, you know, I'd like to hear because one, I'm a big, big fan of Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey is one of the greatest artists, you know, living at the moment. You know, one of the, the greatest lyricists. She's a poet or a rock star. Um, and, you know, Lana Del Rey really, like when Lana Del Rey came onto the scene in 2011, she kind of like in the dark, in the, the like recesses of like dark pop, she kind of like her coming forward and her being present in the music scene like allowed the likes of like Billie Eilish to awaken and Lord to awaken you know and created a whole subgenre uh, sub of like dark melancholic pop you know that people weren't really kind of looking at so her impact yes we know but this guy anyway um had said to me that he he's actually the the guy the designer who created the the flower crown that Lana Del Rey wore in the Born to Die music video in her first music video that was released in 2011 um he created with his own hands that iconic flower crown that flower crown that Lana Del Rey wore in the Born to Die music video was it was it was the moment Okay, it was a moment in pop music, in pop culture. It was a moment in the culture. Like, it, it just opened up this, like, big aesthetic, you know, that had been asleep for a while, of this, like, summer of love, 70s, like, free spirit kind of a thing. Um, and, it, like, it had made waves again, like, in the fashion world, you know, like, all, like, all these high street people, or the, the high streets were, like, capitalising on it. But, like, think about it, like, back then, you know, in 2011, when Lana Del Rey released the, the Born to Die music video, like, every white bitch was wearing a flower crown. Every white bitch and her cousin was wearing a flower crown. You know, it was big. It was really, really big. And I was like, God, I was like, the opportunity to, to, to hear from this guy. And, by the way, he's never told this story publicly. He's never told the story publicly about him, um about him working on the, the, the flower crown for Lana Del Rey. So I just thought it would be fascinating because I'm obsessed with Lana Del Rey. I love Lana Del Rey. But to hear from this person, you know, who was like played a part in the culture, who created the iconic flower crown from the Born to Die music video, for him to come and tell his story on, on the Mind Poppers podcast, oh, too powerful, too powerful. So without further ado, let's get straight into that. So in 2010, the designer of the flower crown from the Born to Die music video, Rahim, from the fashion house House of Raw, which he started himself, um, he came from Pakistan to the UK in 2010 at the age of 17, okay? At the age of 17. And he started, he was, he was overstudying, he was studying um, psychology and forensics. But it wasn't his passion, you know, and he was obsessed with Lady Gaga back in the day, he told me, um, obsessed with Lady Gaga and actually went on to create some pieces that she wore for being a music video or for the tours or whatever. But I asked him, I was like, well, can you talk about what you did create for Lady Gaga? I mean, at the age of fucking 17, hello, and you're creating fits for Lady Gaga um which he couldn't he was like he can't even remember it was so long ago um if he like signed an nda like a non-disclosure or what like the grpd is on that so he wasn't able to discuss it but it was through the connections between gaga's people and lana's people whether it was like the stylus or was it like polydor records or interscope records or whatever they had reached out to raheem in 2011 and they were like look there's um there is this new and upcoming artist called lana del rey and we'd like you maybe to create something for the music video. Um, and I'll let Raheem 
tell you the rest. It was 10 years ago. I was a very young 17-year-old child. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they approached me and they were like, well, we've seen your stuff and, you know, you've been recommended to um, make this thing for this upcoming artist and she's releasing a music video her name's Lana Del Rey and they kind of discussed their concept of that it's like a really old Americana vibe and you kind of want to show her like very regal but also it's supposed to be heaven and it's supposed to be her transitioning from death to heaven her soul getting free and um, they just basically gave me a breakdown of the concept for the music video. They said they're going to be tigers or lions. And hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Involved and she's going to be in white and it needs to be something bold, something striking and... I was like, okay, cool. So I started researching into the whole debt situation. And initially it was going to be something super dark and super like gothic with spikes and stuff. Um, but then I came across the idea of the Day of the Dead. Um, I, and it, it reminded me of that old American, very vintage culture um, and the aesthetic that Day of the Dead resonates with um and i just played on that i think it looked very romantic um it looked really beautiful and i had listened to the song as well and i had i was completely in love with it so and i was like okay well she's supposed to be regal so we need a crown but what if it was just a plain flower crown um which was very much an homage to you know people being bringing flowers to the funeral and I always in my head imagine that those flowers are used by the soul of a person and they kind of carried them into heavens almost like a new bride or like a new person um, going into this beautiful place which very much I think translated in the treatment of the music video um, so yeah I went to if you're in UK um, there's a place called Poundland where you get stuff for a pound and <laughs> um and i just got my material from there really um and i got loads of tissue papers of different colors a little bit of foams went on youtube learned how to make flowers out of paper and foam and just constructed the whole thing at first the color scheme was supposed to be red and white which i think was really um like literal and it was a bit smaller as well, the size of the crown. Um, but then we did some, I did like a back and forth of pictures with the stylist and they were like, no, it's a bit small. Can you think of something else? The colors are very striking. They would go well. And I was like, well, actually, let me turn it a bit cold because everything in the scene where she's sitting on the crown, where she's sitting on the throne and the entire treatment of the music video and the aesthetic of it is very warm tones like you have yellows and oranges and reds um, and browns um, because of the interior of the Chateau Fontainebleau um, and because of that I just um, I was like I'm going to go the opposite uh, end of the spectrum instead of a warmer tone of reds and 
yellows and oranges I'm gonna take it to the other side and go completely cold and make it blue and gray and white and that will just stand out and she'll be such a focal point of the scene um, and then Lord and behold when it was done I got an approval I was like this is great let's get you on um, and, I, and then came the idea of okay so where are we how am I going to get this to you guys um, can I post it da, da, da. they were like no we would like you to come to set and I was like oh wow okay well I'm only 17 I'm new in UK in Europe um, I'm on a Pakistani passport <laughs> I'm here legally but <laughs> I still need a visa to travel around Europe um, so they were like okay um, and they were like, well, we need you here within a week. And I was like, well, Shenzhen visa takes months and months of prep. And I need to give them, you know, a whole list of things of papers to the French consulate to be able to travel that easily. However, um, I think as uh, the music industry is very powerful and has a lot of influence, I was able to get the visa within the same day um, because my reference was coming from some really influential people. Um, and I took my crown, put it into a little uh, tote bag and travelled two hours to Paris where I, got, where I met the stylist and I picked up. Um, and got picked up for the transport to the location which we now know as Chateau Fontainebleau. Apologies to the French audience if I'm not pronouncing that properly um, but that was a very surreal day um, because I felt like I was doing something massive, I was doing something significant and I just knew that this is going to become something more than what it is the music video not the crown i thought the crown would be forgotten um because it was a very cultural influence that i had taken um and it was more of a celebration of the day of the dead culture um so after that i just did the whole thing i met her she was really nice really amazing um very beautiful person very nervous on the day but controlled the set and she was present very much so um so yeah that was then and then i got paid for it obviously i can't disclose the amount because of data protection reasons um however i did sell it rather than keeping any loyalty ro loyalty royalties of um of the crown because I was a very excited 17-year-old who was starstruck and glamorized by the whole situation. And at that point, I needed money to start a foundation course to study art and design. So that is all how much I asked for it, really. Looking back at it, I'm like, oh, damn it. Oh, I would have... <laughs> oh, God. But um, the contracts that were struck, um, they company was really well and they they didn't take advantage of the situation I can assure you that um, because you would imagine like you know it's a huge company and then they're like a big shark eating a small fish kind of analogy it wasn't anything like that um, that crown was only used for that video and will only be used for that video um, that is something the project was for that's why we have never seen the recreation of that particular crown um, in the pop industry in terms of the same crown being used elsewhere um, or that we have seen Lana wear it again um, but it, it did form a very good relationship with the artist it helped me um, sort of contain myself and realize that this is something that I need to now train myself in materials from Poundland and tutorials off of YouTube are not going to be enough. So yeah, that was my little um, experience in terms of that crown, uh, which then went ahead to evidently becoming quite a symbolic representation um, of the festival and free culture in the pop culture. Um, and we saw very many trends popping up because of that by very many high street brands um, who capitalized on it quite a lot thanks to the Lana fandoms um, 
but yeah I haven't really ever discussed this out publicly because for me it was like a really special memory it was a really special moment of my life um which I do celebrate and also I don't own the rights to that thing anymore <laughs> to that crown anymore so I don't really own any of it um it's for them it's theirs to use you know the most shocking thing I think for me that came from listening to Rahim's story about the creation of the flower crown for the born to die music video the flower crown which launched a thousand flower crowns you know the most surprising thing is i mean it was made in fucking poundland you know like he went got his supplies in fucking poundland you know like deals basically watched you know videos online um about how to mold and shape those you know into flowers to into a standard where you know Interscope Records or Polydor Records, you know, so, who they were trying to launch a, a new star, Lana Del Rey, back in 2011. And he was able to do that and to that ability. That is just incredible. Like, the drive and the talent. Um, It's just absolutely amazing to me. Like, Lana Del Rey's Flower Crown from the Born to Die music video was made in Poundland, you know? There you go. I mean, who would have fucking thought that? Um, So, really, there's just no excuse for any of us. But oh, I was like, just to hear that story for that first, that first time for that story to be told publicly here on the Mind Poppers podcast, just that insight into that little moment of pop culture. Like it just, it's, it blows my mind. It is one of my favourite Mind Poppers. And like, thank you so much to Rahim who, who shared this story with us, who shared a little bit of that magic with us. Absolutely incredible. You can um, check Rahim out. Um... On Instagram, he's uh, at the House of Ra. That's H A U S of Ra O V R A. I I I'll tag him on Instagram anyway. And I'll tag him um in whatever is down below a podcast. All right. Again, please. I'm using a hungover brain. Um, as well. And if you go onto his Instagram, um, you can see some some of the looks that he created for for London Fashion Week. I think it was this year's London 2020 Fashion Week. Some actually incredible pieces. And I'm not like a big fashion person, you know. I'm not like following all these designers, being like, oh my god, a revolutionary. But seeing some of the stuff that he's created, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, that is an artist. And I would love to have Raheem on in the future to talk about all that and more. Um, so go check him out. I just thought it was an incredible, incredible story to hear. God, like I remember listening to it for the first time and just being like, oh, this is the moment. This is the moment. Um, it was just so cool to have like an insight into pop culture that a story that hasn't been told before. You know, when I was, um, back in UCC in Cork, um, I was the entertainment editor for Motley Magazine. It was, it was their student magazine. And when I tell you, I know when, like, when you hear student magazine, you're like, okay, you know, this was no UL rag. Trust and believe, okay? Motley Magazine was phenomenal. It made, like, you just, it made RSVP something you wouldn't even sleep under. You know, you wouldn't even use it to keep the chill off your bones, um, this was an incredibly designed magazine. It looked absolutely amazing. It was full of culture and, and, and think pieces. It was just such a fantastic thing. It was leaps and bounds above 90% of the non-student magazines out there. And I say that as a Fendi fact. That is just 100. We had a, an absolute incredible designer at the time who is now designing for like the big magazines in Ireland. Um, and we had an incredible editor at the time. Obviously, we've all since left UCC. But at the time, we had an incredible editor, Ellen Desmond, who went, who's now living in Edinburgh, actually. And she opened up her own publishing house, Monstrous Regiment. Um, it's like a feminist um, feminist publishing thing. And she's published, I think, already like two or three books through that publishing house that she created with her girlfriend. Um, her first book. Yes, I was in the first book. I, was a, I have a book out. I know I never talk about it, but I do have a book out. It's been out for quite some time. Um, I was one of the authors. Well, when I, she doesn't like when I say that I'm one of the authors. She doesn't like to say that like I co-wrote her book. I'm a contributing author, okay? So there was like 12 of us, I guess. Um, well, she actually just prefers when I use the word contributor. But hardly. You know, if I got a book out, I got a book out. Don't take that away from me. But I remember when I was the entertainment editor, you know, the, the responsibility usually fell on my shoulders for like, you know, getting 
the the stars for for the cover. You know, we we weren't playing no basic student rag mag. Okay, this was the real deal. You know, we were competing with the best out there. And like I said, Motley Magazine made RSVP look like just a sack of shite, a sack of shite. And whatever you may say, that ain't hard to do. But I'm telling you, I'm just I'm not shitting on RSVP. I'm just saying, if you were to put the two of them together you're going to want to check out Motley Magazine. It was incredible. You know, it was the moment. Um, but like the, the task always fell on me as entertainment editor to get a, to get the star of the cover, you know? So like we had on, um, well, I had on, I had to interview like say like Bianca Del Rio from Drag Race. There was people from Orange is the New Black, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Dance Moms, um, years and years, Troy Savan, Tyler Oakley, uh, the people from Jersey Shore. Yes, yes, and yes, it was incredible. Um, I've already told a story about the interview with um with the years and years guys. I met them in their dressing room before. Um, I think they were performing at the Olympia, but that was I think that's actually in my highlights on Instagram. That was that was, that was just a horrible day. Um, but the ta- I always used to try and get La Del Rey. And I know La Del Rey for, for a magazine cover. But I, I'd gotten in touch with her people. I got the details from her people. Because we were already I was already working closely with Universal Music at the time. Um, you know, because for interviews, you know, I was getting people to interview to put them on the cover, blah, blah, blah. So I had already been, I already had like contact details for La Del Rey's people. So I'd email, no joke, every second fucking day, every second day being like, Hi, this is Adam from Molly Magazine, just checking if La Del Rey is available for press. Used to do that every single day and every, without fail, I'd get the reply back a couple of days later being like, Oh, sorry, Adam, La Del Rey is currently not doing any press at the moment, but thank you for getting in touch. So I'd email again, 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 and again. Never, never ended up speaking to La Del Rey. But I remember she was releasing her fourth record, Honeymoon. Um, and little was known about the record. She, she, I, she, the record was um, released, but you know, there had been no music videos or anything at this point. Um, and I, I remember coming across someone on Twitter. It was a model, I think, from LA called Cole Stroud, um, an up-and-coming model. And he had been rumoured to have done some work for Lana Del Rey for the, for the upcoming record, which was Honeymoon at the time, for a music video. So I got on to him and I was like, oh, look, we'd love to speak to you, whatever, for, for, for the magazine. He was like, sure. And in the end, anyway, he ended up spilling way too much information than he was supposed to. Like information that like exceeded his like non-disclosure agreement. Um, he like giving us details. Basically, he kind of didn't 100% but almost confirmed that it was actually the they were making a music video for music to watch boys to and obviously record labels don't want that information going out because it's, it's meant to be a surprise the gag you know you're not supposed to know what music video or what songs from an album are going to get turned into a music video but he kind of let slip that he was recording one music video for music to watch boys to and he kind of let slip that there was like how many ever number of music videos so then like other bigger publications around the world picked up on this and it, that information got leaked out or whatever and like Twitter went crazy, like on all, all the Lana Del Rey fans. Um, it was just an amazing time. Um, so it was just amazing to hear from Raheem and to hear about the iconic, the flower crown, the very beginning, you know? One final mind popper I want to talk to you guys before the end of this episode, okay? And this is something that especially when stoned is just something that it consumes me it fascinates me and you guys may have heard about it but basically it's the concept of a multiverse um and I won't go and this is to do with space okay let's preface by saying that um the multiverse like I won't go into like explaining the the science behind it because I, I god I don't know you know it's a lot of like quantum physics and and all that, and like astrophysics, maybe? I don't know, but but the general theory behind the multiverse theory is that basically the universe is, is, is so big and you can only see as far as light reaches. So like the universe is like constantly expanding, some shit like that, but the universe is so fast and potentially infinite that there exists a reality where every single... Um, every single thing that could happen is happening has happened is going to happen my god what (laughs) um so basically 
with this multiverse theory and it is something that is given a lot of credit you know it's abs- it's not an absolute definite but but scientists do give it a lot of credit um you know saying something about like just how like reality is layered and the universe is so vast what have you again i, I won't explain it because i can't but basically within this theory it says that there are infinite yous so me your host adam o'reilly there are an infinite number of me and for every possible decision I could have made or would have made, every different decision I could have made, there is a me out there that has done that. So every possibility is a reality. So there is a me out there right now who is the president. There is there is the president. There is a me out there who, you know, the Ikads were in a terrible accident. One of them's dead, you know, RIP, I love them. But they've asked me to step in, you know. Lindsay's asked me to step in, or Jenny in another reality, has asked me to step in to be, you know, to, to fill the gap, to be the new co-host of the It Gods, you know. And we'll talk numbers and what have you, I'm sure, and I'm sure I'll get a big fat check and what have you. Um, but I just think it's so fascinating to think about that every single possible reality exists so your potential is 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 it's just limitless you know like in one in one like identical planet out there in the universe i'm a serial killer in, in one i've been killed by a serial killer do you know in one it's me who has released a sex tape with ray j and my fat ass has taken over the world you know that's what everybody was jacking off to back in the early 2000s was Ray J licking my bussy out. <laughs> well, damn, I'm happy that that's not our reality. <laughs> but if you get what I mean, so like, just think about it. And I, I always think it's beautiful as well to think about for those of, pe- those of you who have lost loved ones or whatever, I just think it's a beautiful, the multiverse is a beautiful theory because while your loved one may have died in this reality, that loved one um, like continues to live the best of their lives out in all these other realities like in some reality say if you're there and we just say okay um tiffany is in is here but she's lost her sister and she misses her sister terribly in some of these realities according to the multiverse then you know tiffany and her sister are still you know having the best time ever and it's like truly it's like nobody ever dies you know now look again yeah, there are plenty of realities where Tiffany and her sister ain't having a good time either, you know? They're, like, you know, being murdered right now, you know? Um, but but the multiverse theory, it's just so big and complex. And knowing that there is infinite use, knowing that while I am speaking into my microphone right now, there are just millions and millions of other Adam O'Reilly's speaking into this right now and while you are listening to this at home there are millions and millions other versions identical to you listening to this same podcast with slight variations you know because you have to remember every every um every um reality is you know it's going to have slight differences you know maybe in one reality you got bangs um but it's just incredible to think and I also kind of think about it in like terms of like oh my god like we're never truly alone we're never truly alone because there are just an infinite numbers of us out there just struggling and hustling you know out in the universe um and the thing is as well it's like what really kind of shows me about our potential being limitless you know there is there are worlds out there according to the multiverse theory where you are you are just performing at the top of your game. At the top of your game. You know, you got the fattest ass in your class in some realities. You know, in some realities, you're you're rich, you're you're thriving, you know, you've you've graduated college with the best results possible, you know, top of your class, you know, you're a business, you're a successful business owner, you're a movie star, you're a successful actor, you're a brilliant artist, you know, you're a you're a pop legend, you know? And all of this can happen for you according to the multiverse. Obviously, it's just a string of unique different occurrences that might put you there and all that. But if every reality you exist as one of these great people, then there is no reason why that cannot be this reality. 
you know now again like there's also a lot of realities out there where you are just not having the best time at all like as you're sitting here listening to this you know potentially thousands of you and when I'm saying you I'm talking directly to you yes you listening to this right now yes you you know in a lot of um realities within the multiverse you know you're being murdered right now you know like it's, it's grand for you right now like sitting there listening to this podcast but in a lot of other realities you sitting here right now like someone just crept up behind you while you're listening to this podcast and slit your damn throat you know so it's just so crazy the multiverse like google it and 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 see how you feel about it and think about it like just rest your little noodle on it because it will drive you insane this whole multiverse theory i a day doesn't go by where i don't think about it and just the that the fact that there is millions upon millions of me there's an infinite number of me out there in the universe struggling away you know just like i am today Actually, I'm getting a little lightheaded from even getting this deep. The the hangover, it, it just hasn't left you. I actually really am getting those like little black spots. Now you see out of the corner of your eye. Oh, I'm fading, you guys. I'm f- fading. Oh. We'll end it on that. We'll end it on that. Next week, we will be back with a whole plateau of mind poppers for you. Um, again, a big thank you to Raheem who came on to the podcast, the mind poppers podcast, and told his story about the flower crown the flower crown from the born to fucking die music video yes in the meantime i will see you next week i think i'm going to be maybe jumping on and doing some shit with Lindsay and jenny on the it gals podcast and um, before you hear from me again next week on the mind poppers podcast um but until next week stay woke i'm going to pass out now Ooh. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.